How's, Long uh, time. how's your labor daber? Did I lose you already? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, how's your Labor Day? I think you're back. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Man, it's, Facebook it's, uh, hates you. It's been a little while since uh, we recorded a show. It's true. That's true. Uh, I'm going to go off on my Wi-Fi. Hang on a second. Only in I South see. Holland, Illinois, is the Wi-Fi coverage worse than cell phone coverage. Uh, well, it's my own particular Wi-Fi. How about this? Is this good? Because you're at the end of the line. I am at the end of the line. Well, my router's also probably dying. <laughs> From, um, so yeah. it's what? The week? Uh, it's the week of Road America, and yeah, we haven't recorded anything since Pike, Pike's Peak. Uh, I, yeah, I did a show with Calzada uh, up at Kamiata a week ago. I think that just came out, and... Yeah, that's about it. It's been a weird. It's been a weird couple of weeks for both of us, like personal life wise. So, yeah, man, like lots of stuff. Yeah, you sold. Uh, you sold a thing. What'd you sell, Abe? <laughs> I uh, I sold my house. <laughs> yeah, that's and cool. like before anyone asks, like if we had any place that we were expecting to move to, or like you know, was there another house that we wanted to buy? The answer to those questions is no. No. Why'd you sell your house? To make money. Yeah, it turns out your house is worth a lot more than you paid for it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we cashed in, and uh, Ashley wanted to go down to part-time, so uh, I kind of looked at the math and figured out what I thought our place was worth mm-hmm. and um, what we paid and was like, hey, I can pay off Ashley's student loans if we sell this place, and then yeah. we won't pay 1200 a month in student loans anymore. Yeah, that's a lot uh, of money. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Well, that's good. So, um, you live in that uh, live in that Dave, Dave Ramsey life or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, uh, just simplify and add lightness. Let's let's like uh, let's call it the Lotus Colin Chapman lifestyle. It, it like literally does apply to like so many avenues of life. If you if you want to look at it like from a low stress like lower effort like yeah, simplify and add lightness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So makes sense. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, um, we did find a place. It's uh, it's over in Westfield, and uh, we, we Westfield, like if I if I had to make some analogies, I would say like these are my Chicago analogies. If Zionsville and Carmel were uh, suburbs in Chicago, they'd be like uh, 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 Winneka and like Glencoe, like uh, Kenilworth, those areas. That's that's right. where we live, um, and we're moving to Westfield, which is like. Schomburg, which is fine. It's just Schomburg. So it's yeah. So it's basically the same, just different. But um, uh, maybe a little bit less bougie, huh? A little bit less bougie, but uh, you are a fancy the, man. We've heard the, that before. The story is the the neighborhood that we live in right now. Uh, the builder built the new neighborhood that we're moving to by coincidence, and a house that uh, had a floor plan here in our neighborhood which had a four-car garage, they made an identical floor plan in that neighborhood, and that's what was for sale. Yeah. So now I'll have a four-car garage. So you're literally like upgrading house almost and like downgrading a lot of money a month? Correct, yeah. Okay, and, and the neighborhood probably looks and feels the same too, doesn't it? Yep, yep, yeah, that's, that's pretty much bizarre. it. <laughs> and it's uh, what's especially weird is like um, the, the house that we're going to like needs some work, which uh, we were looking forward to, 
because we know how to do all that stuff now. So so it's like all the same kind of work you did, like updating, getting rid of the brass, putting in the nickel, that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, that kind of, yeah. just that stuff. basic stuff. It's not hard. No, it's um, kind of cool work. Uh, paint some rooms, do some floor, stuff like that. Yeah, basic stuff. Okay. And, um, uh, yeah. Like size-wise, is the house about the same size? No, it's smaller, which okay. uh, is good. Because your house was way too big if you didn't realize it was enormous. <laughs> Correct. It was big. Um, but I think that's why it was worth a lot of money. So, right. uh, yeah, the, the house we were in, we, we found it as a deal, but it's five beds, six bath. And the new place, I think, is four bed, three or four bath, which is right. like smaller, which it's not like small by any means, but it's nice. No, you're um, going to be okay. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, the lot is smaller, which I'm excited about because I spent entirely too much of my life mowing lawn and doing landscaping and just like doing the stuff that during the summer when you and I are most busy is actually the hardest to do. Yeah. You did have a big lot there, like kind of a corner lot with a lot of, a lot of space and a lot of cleaning and mowing and stuff. So, yep. Yeah. Well, uh, houses are fun and I'm, I'm learning the backside of houses, the, the not fun part right now. So what Um, are you working on? So for, for anyone that doesn't know, we didn't yeah, talk I don't about know it if on we the show. Talked about it. Um, my, I think I might have mentioned it in the Calzada show, but my house got hit by like the backside of a tornado. <laughs> the the end of a line of a tornado. Yeah, like literally the tornado stopped like a block past me, and it went right over my house. Uh, it sucked up a bunch of roofing, and I I've now fixed that. I basically I tarped it all off and cleaned up. Like you couldn't even see my house from the backyard because there were so many trees on my deck and on my roof and stuff. Um, no structural damage to the house, which is nice. Um, bunch of structural damage to my, my pride and joy deck, which I built like 10 years ago. Um, and, uh, and the insurance adjuster came out. This, this happened like literally two days, or a day before I was supposed to leave for Pikes Peak. Um, so that was like the most stressful week of my life because literally like my house had been hit by a tornado and then the power was out for seven days. Um, and so my wife was dealing with, I had to teach my wife how to, how the generator works. <laughs> and, uh, you have uh, a home yeah. generator. Uh, it's a, not a whole house generator, but I've got it to where I can backfeed. I just backfeed the, the panel, um, just kill the main backfeed the panel. So the, so the house can run, but the AC and the oven can't run. I um, see. But, and it was a freaking hot week too. It was like 90 degrees here. So they, they were kind of sick of it by the time the power kind of came back on, which was right Right when I was about to leave Pikes Peak, the power came back on. So, um, Pikes Peak International Raceway for our Grid Life uh, Alpine Horizon Festival, but which was a heck of a good time, dude. That event is just the banging business. I freaking love that event. I'd love it. Like if there was, like if there's two places in the world where I could just uh, run events at, it would be uh, Pikes Peak and it would be uh, Gingerman Raceway because I just love operating an event at those event- those facilities. Just so great. Well, like so. Gridlife has a really unique style and being able to run the events the way that we want to run them uh, makes the show better. Well, and, and like, like the unique style is more like we're trying to do uh, something on track literally every minute of the day. <laughs> and that's hard for some people. Uh, like uh, it takes a while to like get to know how we want to run the show and, and also the vibe we want to have. But, like, yeah, PPIR just, like, gave us the keys to the place, asked what you need, uh, and, like, have fun. Like, it's the best attitude. I love that place. So, And the Wienermobile showed up. And the Wienermobile paced a GLTC race. <laughs> so that was cool. 
But uh, yeah, it's a so. weird life, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm working uh, on my deck. Working on my deck right now, tearing up all the boards, which is harder than you'd think because I had the first generation of like hidden fasteners in these boards, um, and they're all stainless steel. But that doesn't mean that they're not rusty because they weren't good. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm like, I'm trying to reuse the boards because they didn't give me enough money to buy all new boards. And even if I wanted to, I wouldn't be able to because, like, everybody in the world's redoing their deck right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so uh, I'm pulling up the boards and I'm going to change the layout of them um, and obviously fix the holes. One of the railings got knocked off, and there's literally my railings were glass. Uh, and so there was tempered glass, like, in every crack everywhere. Um, so that's half the reason I'm pulling the boards up. But then I want to space the boards a little bit more, and I'm just going to go straight through the face of the boards, like stainless steel high-end deck screws going right through the boards versus the hidden fasteners because the hidden fasteners moved around too much. Um, I see. So, yeah, I want to be able to pull a board up and then put a board back down in the future if I ever have to. So. That's a that's a simple ask. Yeah. So uh, it'll be a lot of screwing and a lot of cleaning and... But I'm pretty happy with how my structure has held up underneath. This thing is like I, I built it to like withstand a, a bomb. Um, it's got 12 inch centers. It's 48 feet wide and 22 feet deep. Uh, so it's a big old girl. But uh, yeah, 12 inch centers, and I've got 17 posts underneath of it, uh, drilled 60 inches down. So I kind of built the deck pretty well. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm fixing that right now. I fixed the roof on Saturday. Uh, redid a whole bunch of roof and. Yeah, so we're we're getting fixed up, and now almost time to do race car things again. Even though I did race car things on Friday, which was rad. So, um. uh, yeah. So I I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but I made the drive to Pikes Peak in my RV. Yeah. Um, and Ashley and the baby came with, which was super exciting. Yeah. Um, did how, how like, did Ashley do on the trip? Did she enjoy herself with a with a young baby? Yeah, it, it like it worked out pretty well. Um, the the drives, of course, were longer because there was no like powering through. Uh, the baby needed to eat every two hours or so, and so we stopped and like uh, she would nurse the baby, and then we would burp the baby, and then we would get on our way again. So right. like the sixteen hour drive was probably closer to twenty each way, but it's it was super. Bad, yeah. It was super convenient to like you know leave the track on whatever Sunday and like drive uh and when we got tired just stop at like a interstate rest stop and just like park and sleep and then get Dude, up in the morning isn't and leave. it the best it's, oh, the it's best. amazing it's the um, best <laughs> i do want to say that uh on the way home instead of taking the interstate 70 which may have been slightly out of the way right. it took us on uh u.s highway route 40 right and that's fine if you have a, uh, a vehicle that's like confirmed reliable and also fuel efficient. Oh, yeah. But uh, the interstate basically displaced everything that was on Route 40. Um, the road was in fantastic shape. But oh, isn't the, it nice? That's the way I took too. It's so the, nice. The services were like none. Black. And I like there was an instance where we drove through a town where I didn't see anything that resembled a fuel station. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was another long haul to the next like major town. Yep. And uh, we ended up like turning around just so that Ashley could nurse the baby in town. And I had to like find a, a pump. Um, yep. And it wasn't even like a conventional gas station. It was like a co-op with one pump outside. And that was know, the only gas. Yeah, in I the know town. exactly the station you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was basically hidden. 
And yeah. like, yeah. I had we not gotten gas there, we would have most certainly run out because I think I probably had like a third of a tank. But yeah. at six miles a gallon, a third of a tank is not much. No. Did uh, what? What's your what's your tank capacity? Fifty. Uh, my mine's got a hundred and. Basically, my dad said, all right, at, in Colby, Kansas, uh, fill up because you're not going to see a gas station you're going to want to use again until you get to Colorado Springs. And I was like, OK. <laughs> and he was right. It uh, gets good advice, man. Yeah, it's a it's a long it's a long haul in the middle of nowhere. It's not a road that I'd want to do in the middle of the night, though. Did you um, did you take the same road on the way home? Yeah, I did. Basically, uh, in Kearney, Nebraska, I think you like drop down. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it, uh, it goes through Colby and a few others. And then the, it's a really nice way to go. Uh, if, if it's not like, if you're not super tired in the middle of the night, it's a nice way to go. So, um, the, uh, the hard part for us is on the way home, uh, it looked like we were driving into a tornado for like two hours Yeah, because you, you we were, were, we were you, following five a hours ahead of me. Yeah. And it, it, I, I had to actually check, um, the weather like multiple times because there was an instance. And so we're traveling East, right? There was an instance where I, I'm not exaggerating. I bet our headwind was 50 miles an hour. Holy the wind cow, was traveling really? West at like 50. It was wow. insane. That's like, um, that's like spooky, especially in, when you're in like tornado country. Well, like I've never had uh, an instance driving the RV, you know, except for going up and down Hills where the, the, the trans refused to go into overdrive. And it, really? it could not maintain gear. It just, it was, it was wild. So you were going like 50 miles an hour and the thing is screaming, huh? Yeah, basically. Um, it, was, yeah, it, was probably, it was a fun trip. I left the track at like, I don't even know. I probably left the track at six or, se- or seven maybe. Uh, and I think you left like two or three hours ahead of me. And I felt like I was chasing the storm. You must have been right on the backside of that thing. It was it was gnarly. Yeah. Um, we ended up like not getting any major rain. It was just like it was scary for a while because, um, you know, the it's pretty dry. It's not like desert, but it's dry. And the dust coming from that wind across the plains was like, oh, you can't see shit. It looked like fog. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Um, well, how, how did the bus run? You uh, you had generator problems on the way out. Yep, uh, still have generator problems. Um, Did it run fine on the way home? The generator? No, it died pretty quick, like okay. within a few minutes. Um, oh, really? I Super. took it to a generator place, and they just diagnosed what Charlie said, which was that the carb was bad, um, and they wanted to charge me nine hundred dollars to replace it. And I oh was my like, gosh. "I don't think so. I'll wait." Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I just need to buy an Onan carb and, and replace it. Gonna do uh, do an oil change and put a new carbon and run it again, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, like we're going to Road America this weekend, and it's uh, not supposed to be warm. So, no, like, it'll probably be fine. I, I kind of figured that throwing a thousand dollars at a generator this year and then not using it again would be a waste. Yeah, you're probably not going to go camping this year again, are you? So probably not. You take it to and there, there's basically like good. only there's only one month a year where I would really like to have the generator and it's right. it's August and it's not really essential. We got by even though it was kind of warm in the RV on the way there. Yeah, you've got the AC coming out of the the van portion, but Right. But um, you're basically like wearing a blanket up front because it's it's like you've got it blowing on full blast to keep it cool a little bit farther <laughs> back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, kind of the opposite of our Coda uh, experience, right? Right. I think the next time we should just buy some plug-in heaters. Uh, yeah. If I, or just not drive my bus to Coda. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then where would we sleep? Mm, I'm maybe hotels. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is grid life. We're not made of money. That's well. That's true. But hotels are. It costs a lot of money to drive a uh, RV. Flights are cheap nowadays, and probably will be for a while. It costs a lot of money to drive an RV to Coda. <laughs> How much did it cost you to drive uh, to Pikes Peak and back? Um, I was towing a heavy trailer, and I bet I think it costs like uh, it was a four hundred dollars each way, which wasn't too bad. Um, My round so. trip was like six fifty. My uh, my best miles per gallon that I saw. Hang on, I have to kill an ant that's trying to get through my patio door. To kill this ant. Um, my best my best miles per gallon. So I, this is like the first time I was actually able to uh, like fill it all the way up because usually you're at a gas station where they let you put seventy five dollars in, and with my RV, like the tank doesn't burp well, so you got to like baby the the thing, um, and it just takes forever to fill. And but in in Colby, Kansas is my new favorite gas station because at the bottom click it can keep going on my uh, uh, on my gas tank and like it'll keep filling, and it has no restriction because it's like farmer country. Uh, so like I put I put and it was cheap too. It was like the cheapest fuel I saw. So I filled it all the way up for the, like the first time in a year, um, and then I didn't fill it up again until I got back to that gas station on the way home. Um, and I got with the three cylinder generator running. I got like eight point nine miles per gallon. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's <laughs> unbelievable. Really and that generator literally ran on that fill up. The generator ran for like eighteen hours or fifteen hours or something crazy. Like literally a tractor engine for fifteen hours. So like the thing might be getting like ten miles per gallon. That's wild. But uh, uh, yeah, and I'm I, I Cone and I just took it to Mid Ohio on Friday to instruct with Scott Giles uh, for SCCA PDX, um, and I towed my car out there uh, on my dolly, which obviously is lightweight. Um, and the thing, fa- I mean, it, it seemed like it was getting like 11 miles per gallon. It was That's crazy. wild. So, I think it cost me like 150 bucks to go to Mid Ohio and back. So. Man, that's the jam. Yeah, I loved I I loved and having an event that I didn't have to host on Friday, it was the freaking best. <laughs> it was, <laughs> dude, it was the freaking best. <laughs> you should just go work for some other guy. I, I totally should, man. I drove my car a bunch. I instructed, uh, and that was the event. Uh, like, mid-Ohio, Ohio Valley region is is where we, like, prototyped the grid life right, uh, or, like, not right seat model of instructing. Right. Um, and so, basically, it was a bunch of grid life instructors, and... Uh, we were doing it grid life style, so I, w- I was. It's kind of cool to be able to to instruct again because I don't usually do that at our events. Um, and my student was in a fit, uh, bone stock fit, uh, and he was a he was a wounded vet, um, and he just had the freaking best time. What a nice dude too. He uh, he had ran with auto interests also, uh, so he knew Ed and uh, and they do right seat style, and we were doing not right seat style. Uh, and he had a lot of he had a lot of good things to say about coaching, and uh, the, the dude really progressed a lot. Um, so it was super fun to work with him and, and great to work with Giles and the gang over at uh, Mid-Ohio. And I just love Mid-Ohio when there's no stress of hosting the event. It was it was awesome. I had so much fun driving. My car was great. Uh, just a good day. So c- kind of so, needed that. So right around the same time that you were at Mid-Ohio, I bought a van. You did actually buy the van, huh? Yeah, man. We've had the van for a week. Oh man, good for you. Well, this was I I, I was at Mid Ohio like three days ago. But. Is that right? 
Yeah, not 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 last Saturday, not last Friday. It was like Friday three days ago. So. Oh, yeah, we've yeah. had the van like a week. It's nice. How, did you get a you got a uh, what year is it? It's an Odyssey. Uh, I got an Odyssey. It's a new one because uh, the finance special was good. So yeah, free money. Yeah, well, just keep it simple and like okay. I used my um, I used this is the second time we've done it. I used the uh, like Costco auto program, which yeah. basically like pre-negotiates a rate for you. You just like walk in and you're like, this is what I want to pay. And then they take your money and you leave. That's like what? pretty pretty much it. I just heard about that from one of my subcontractor guys uh, who installs windows with me sometimes. He was like, yeah, so I just joined Costco so I could buy a new Ford. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you well, talking like, about? It, so uh, you like log into the website and you say, this is the vehicle I want. And then they find dealers that work with Costco and um, yeah, uh, they basically like pre-negotiate a rate. And if you were like the shrewdest negotiator ever, you could probably get a better deal. But if you like wanted the most effortless like transaction yeah, and pay, you know, invoice or whatever. Um, yeah. You just like, you print out the sheet, you walk in, you say, here, I want to pay this. And then they do the paperwork and you leave. That's kind of rad. That's a good way to buy a car. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be fighting with people. Like I, I got enough of that. Did you uh, did you get rid of um, Ash's car or no? Yep. Okay. Did you trade it in or what'd you do? Yep. Yeah, the trade they, uh... the trade was like okay. It was like okay. you know if if on the range. So uh, I was expecting maybe maybe like really happy. I would have seen uh, seen sixty five hundred on the trade. They right. gave like six, and I was like, well, that's fine. That's not so. bad, especially for a car that probably almost needed everything again. It did need everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it has needed everything. Um, correct. And so it definitely needed new shocks. Um, oil change is not a big deal, but like coolant, trans fluid, diff fluid, T case, like all of that stuff probably needed to be done. Right. And so like, yeah, I don't have to do that. And that's nice. So and if you're going to keep it, you're going to put 500 bucks into it anyway, which is like a payment. So. Easily. Um, right. And in this case, I thought about it and I was like, well, I could buy... I could buy a used one from Ed or like, you know, one of the, one of his people. Um, but like, they don't really depreciate that much. And, you know, buying a two year old one, if you finance it, your interest rate is worse. And, uh, now you like, you have more maintenance stuff that you have to pay attention to. So like, yeah, it's fine. And like literally now you're the only one that can be blamed for beating your van up. That's true. Just like that one time that I forgot to screw the radiator cap on the Subaru and oh, yeah. uh, Ashley drove it. So last year I was on my way up to Honda Meet and I had uh, done something and I had like unscrewed Ashley's radiator cap. Yeah, I remember and I, this. You know, <laughs> and uh, I was on the way to Honda Meet and Ashley called me and she's like, all the lights are on on the dash. What do I do? And oh. I was like, I don't know. Call a tow truck. Because um, I, like, I didn't know what was wrong with it. I couldn't diagnose anything from the phone. Um, and I was driving, <laughs> so I wasn't like in a position to like think hard about what's wrong with yeah. this stupid car. Um, well, as it turns out, the radiator cap had come loose and like come off yeah. and we were driving the vehicle without coolant for a decent time. And what, what was the ramifications of that? Well, uh, everything seems okay. Yeah. Good enough. <laughs> good enough. Just run it, dude. Not, not your problem anymore. So, yeah, we got the van, uh, and it's like uh, the, the second row is kind of crazy because um, it has three seats on the second row, which you expect to be typical. Yeah. Um, the middle seat is kind of a crappier seat, uh, but it lifts out pretty quickly. And the cool thing about the captain's chairs that are behind is 
uh, you can slide them both forward and back, but also mm-hmm. side to side. So Ashley like wanted to make sure that the baby was in the center of the vehicle in case of a side impact. And so like right. we load the baby in the captain's chair and then slide it like right over the middle. It's pretty cool. It's kind of red. Uh, it's got like the same function, basically, you know, the bar in the front of a seat that you would slide forward and back. Just it has on one side. on the side and it just does that too. It's super it's cool. It's kind of cool. Uh, might might be time to get a bigger vehicle for my wife too. We've been thinking she just doesn't want a van, but uh, man, vans well, are easy. Uh, we had like a moment. What was it last week? Um, yep. We were out of the house for a showing, and so we like pack up the dogs and the baby and all that stuff, and we were had to be out of the house for a few hours. Right. And uh, Ashley tried to nurse the baby with the dogs right behind her uh, in the back seat of the Subaru, and she's like, "We need a van." right (laughs) that was it huh yeah and it's 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 worked out a lot better um so you weren't you weren't daily driving the rv at the time i take it huh no the rv um after i got back from pike's peak the rv went back to the service station because they had done an alignment with part of the um, steering system up front that they had repaired uh and the alignment was straight so like the toe was good but the wheel was off center. So to get the vehicle to drive straight, you were you turn the wheel like, I don't know, 10 or 15 degrees. That's kind so of annoying. I, yeah, well, I, I sent it back to them and they straightened it out. But Yeah, that doesn't bother me on a race car, but like in a, on a vehicle that you're going down the road for thousands of miles just holding the wheel. Uh, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, it's super annoying. Um, yeah. What else happened? So yeah, we ended up finding a house. Uh, you're going to help me put garage doors in, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, it sounds like you got some cheapos on that thing right now. It's like single layer steel, uh, which is fine, except if you spend any time out in the garage in the winter, it's freaking cold. Oh yeah, yeah. Is the garage insulated too? I would imagine, yeah. Is there? I mean, there's drywall and stuff in there. Yep, yep. Yeah, so you're gonna want to heat it and be in there once in a while. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, we can handle uh, that. That's not hard. Super stoked. Um, um, what's what the else? what's the first biggest project on that house? Uh, I don't know. We'll probably end up, um, get the the bedrooms ready basically or no, I mean, they're fine. Um, like I I think our very first project is we're going to do some cabinets and countertop in the laundry room. So get like, go to Ikea and buy a a slab of butcher block and then, uh, cut it into like the alcove where the washer dryer are so that you can like fold shit. So I think that's our plan because there's already some cabinets in there. We just need to, we need a place to like work. Yeah, you gotta gotta make all the all the things that you need to use every day. Those are that's what I would work on first, like the bedrooms and stuff, and and like laundry room and the things you don't want to work on later. <laughs> so. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's um, cool. What else? It looks good in pictures. I mean, the house looks awesome. So the uh, the basement is finished, but there's not like any floor. They just painted the concrete. Okay. So like, I'll probably put um, like vinyl floor okay. down or like um, you know hardwood or something. Yeah. Um, just like basic stuff, just like I did here. Uh, yep. and Ashley and I talked about it and we're going to try and keep the basement empty. Uh, so yeah. that when I do that job, I don't have to move stuff around. Yeah. Um, because that Makes was sense. hard. Like when the basement is full of crap and you're shuffling stuff around, that's what makes it a lot more work. Yeah. It, uh, it kind of doubles the work. I'm doing that on the deck right now and moving everything around as I'm taking the boards up. <laughs> It's a pain in the butt. The other thing I didn't do is I didn't pull up the baseboard because I thought it would be simpler. And it's like, it is, but it isn't. So, like, yeah. I'm just going to pull that up and 
redo it. Yeah, it's fine. Do it. Put it. Put it. Put it back down afterwards, or put new stuff down. Yep. That's Pretty exciting. Much. New house, new ba- new baby, new house. That's you're doing it backwards. N- you're supposed to do new, new, new house, van. Baby. Yeah, new van. Yeah, you're you're an all new man now, Abe. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, and. I'm like trying desperately to get the van paid off quickly. Uh, we'll see how that works because I want to buy a Type R, and Ashley won't let me have two car payments. No, <laughs> you actually really want one, huh? I, I so there It'd be a good daily driver for you. I you know I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, but then you and, have to get rid of the Mugen car. Mm, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> okay, I see where we're, I see where we're going. We're going to fill up that four car garage, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, what's the yeah. point of having four cars? Um, uh, I was you know what? Maybe I could bring a car down and leave it with you. Well, you might be able to do that. Yeah. Um, the uh, the thing that I was thinking about is with all of these projects. Um, you know, we we built all those like um, built in closets and like custom closet stuff in the house here. And yeah. it was a pain in the neck because I didn't have any kind of workspace to do it. So I ended up using the basement uh, to do like all the ripping of the plywood and all the sanding and all that stuff, yeah, um, yeah. which made for a whole lot of dust and a whole lot of cleanup. Uh, yeah. If I have a four car garage, I could treat like one to one and a half car stalls worth of mm-hmm. space as just like shop area where, where I can move stuff around and like do woodwork stuff oh, not absolutely. that i'm like a woodworker building furniture but like i could build some things and if i had some space to do it it'd be a lot easier you can do some uh, like really really easily you can actually do like a hanging pipe uh and then do like a they said just clear plastic and you can literally like keep the dust away from the whole other area too. just pull a pull a plastic curtain back and have a dirty, dusty wood space too. Yeah. That's like, it's like not a bad option actually. Yeah. My brother was talking about doing that and he ended up building a tent in his garage to paint his airplane. He was going to do like pullback curtains though, but your um, brother is the coolest. Yeah. He literally built himself a paint booth like with, uh, with negative air pressure and everything. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Well, your your brother built a garage from scratch so that he could build himself an airplane from scratch. And then he built another garage next to it so that he could paint the airplane. That's literally most of the reason that he built the red garage next to his blue garage. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know there was... I Have, have I seen the red garage? Uh, it's a couple years old. I mean, you've, it's it's not as big, but it's still like a three-car garage. But it's, at so, the, it's in the house the house next to him that he that he rents out. So, so I don't know if, if, your, if your workshop at your dad's place is still like this, but do you remember that time when you and I worked on the Evo in, your, in that garage over there? And, the dirtiest uh, garage ever, yeah. It was a dirty mess. Yeah. Um, right is. now, that's my garage, and I need like... I, I need some uh, inspiration to figure out how to like clean it up because I, I, I just have too many different things. Like well, where do you put your cock guns and your screws and like all of the million things that I've purchased as we've kind of gone through these home improvement yeah. projects. The uh, so. probably my best advice would be to get the, get roll around toolboxes that you can move through the whole house and have everything in the toolboxes. <laughs> it's not a bad I idea. Have, I have uh, Milwaukee Packout stuff at work. Nice. Uh, and I freaking love them. They have so many different kinds, and you can stack the thing up like four feet high and then wheel it through the house, and it fits through doorways. And, yeah, like it's a really good – for home project stuff, like those things are awesome. They're not free, but they're awesome, and they're really well made too. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like I don't know. I Like I have – a, a growing list of tools used for like home improvement and woodworking stuff, and yeah. also a decent sized 
pile of tools for working on cars. And it's like all of that just goes into like one tiny, you know, uh, tool bench. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. It sounds like you need, uh, you need uh, a ro- couple roll around boxes. They're, they're freaking great. And you can take them to the track too. Like I just unload them and throw them under the RV and then I have like anything to fix the RV and I've got like all the random stuff that I might possibly need. Uh, if something, you know, if I like wire stripper and like all the dumb little things, you know, yeah, uh, and it's just, it just lives in the pack out box. Um, well, I know that, you know, this problem, uh, I have two wheelbarrows, which is probably one too many, but I also have three ladders, which seems like a lot. Yeah, you got to have all the, all the different kinds of ladders. You know? Yeah, it's like all this shit has to go somewhere, man. Yeah. Uh, I also I subscribe to Family Handyman magazine. Oh, uh, nice. And they, they have a lot of cool garage ideas. I can give you a bunch of back back issues if you want. So. I'm all about it. Yeah, there there's some good ideas in there. But. So um, uh, we haven't really talked about cars at all. Uh, we've got we've Road America about RVs coming up. And those are kind of cars. My wife is opening the window so she can she can eavesdrop. Shut that window. <laughs> <laughs> she says no. It's nice outside. Uh, it looks like it's going to rain here, but it may not. It's really nice here. Um, we've got Road America coming up, and I am super excited about it. And I think Ashley and Sloan are going to come with, but oh, drive really? separately so that they uh, they can make it home early on Sunday. Okay, so, so we won't lose uh, you immediately. Ashley's first day of work is Monday, and uh, that's also Sloan's first day of daycare. So Ashley oh, will be man. very sad. Um but she wants to like day. be home to to just like make sure that they get enough rest. That uh, makes sense. Got to got to get home early for the baby. Yeah, and then uh yeah, I I don't have any cars to drive at Road America, but I wish I did. I don't think I'm going to bring mine. I just got too much else happening. Uh and it does need like a bunch it needs things before I would want to drive Road America. Like it needs more of a tune. It's it's close, but like what's I almost think, like, what's the point if I'm going to get mile an hour, like 10 miles an hour by the leaders, you know? I was five or six down at mid-Ohio. Uh, I'm going to be way down on that big straight. <laughs> Why are you so slow? Uh, well, just because the tune is super rich, and also the car, like, it's not it's not a perfect GLTC car yet. Mm. and But it's also perfectly reliable, so I haven't worked on it because I literally haven't had any time to work on it. So. At this point, it's a track car that you sometimes put in GLTC? Basically, I think I think so. So, it, I mean, it's a solid like mid-pack car. Um, if uh, especially like like I drove so much better when I was just at Mid Ohio instructing the other day. I can't like get my head uh, in the game like when I'm working the event. I just can't, uh, which sucks. But um, but it's still fun to be out there. I still had like the best battle I've ever had uh, that weekend, and it was it was a good time. But like. Yeah, like I'm not super comfortable on Road America. I've only done like two sessions there, so I kind of think uh, maybe I should not roll the dice in like a, what looks like it's going to be a 45 car field and screw things That's up. That's wicked, dude! It's going to be huge. It's going to be a crazy. Who event. who are uh, the expected front runners? So like I Probably assume Lichty is coming. Catil, yeah. um, are the Kellys coming? I think. Yeah, uh, that, that should be good. Like all the Kamiatas are coming. Like all the everybody is coming. So it's such a good track, uh, man. It. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's probably gonna probably gonna be a pretty crazy weekend with that many cars too. It looks like we'll probably beat that number without too much of a problem at Midwest Festival, which isn't actually going to really be a festival this year, but still a big track event. Midwest um, Motorsport. 
Yeah, it's May- uh, mayhem. <laughs> yeah, it, it's looking like we're gonna cap out at twenty five cars a mile at Gingerman, which uh, my like my rough my rough number is like fifty five cars for GLTC for that. So <laughs> that's wicked. Which is like, how do you even start fifty five cars <laughs> at Gingerman? Well, you'd have like the last cars coming around turn eleven by the time the green flag goes. Oh yeah, it's gonna have to be. There, there will definitely. Be, I think. I think we'll probably end up throwing a green flag at eleven at the same time. That's kind of my. Oh thought. yeah, that's a good idea. So to where people know a little bit more, and then also, racing radios, who's been uh, like a radio provider partner for Gridlife, they've got a, a separate channel. Which, if you go on the GLTC group, you can actually find out the frequency. But you can get radios programmed to that, or buy a set of radios from racing radios. Um. With that pre-programmed, and then we're, we call the green flags on that also. So, um, so like if you're in the back of the pack and you want to know, like as soon as the green flag flies, uh, it like literally the race director calls green, green, green. So just like that one uh, time at Pikes Peak where the green flag got called. The well, the green flag got called and then the radio didn't work, so the flagger didn't throw the green flag. <laughs> so, so we had to throw the pace car back out, but luckily we were plenty on time and. They, well, it was just an opportunity for the wiener to come back out. Uh, actually, we sent out the Camaro because the wiener was too slow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the uh, there was almost some fallout from that uh, because the extra like three laps uh, equals more fuel, right? Right. Like you got to use more fuel. And Justin Kelly, I think he got P two. Uh, he came in, ran across the scales, and he was like exactly the right weight. Oh man. <laughs> so, yeah, he. I think he had half a pound more. It was like flickering between one and zero. Um, oh God! Uh, so yeah, there was like he <laughs> he almost got uh, uh, a potential DQ because it was that close. He was like literally he had no extra weight. So that's wild. Um, but yeah, so got to be careful of those uh, those stepped on radio calls. So uh, uh, speaking uh, speaking of cool cars. Um, uh, Micaiah Hackbarth just hit me up uh, yesterday. Yeah, um, the looking one lap to buy of America TT winner. Yep, the the TTRS uh, looking to come to Road America in street mod trim. So if that happens, oh I will be quite excited. Well, there's tickets available still. There's few, still a few time attack spots available. So, so I sent him a link. Um, that car, I think, makes all the horsepower. So it's now got a built motor and a big turbo. And oh, like, it's, it's, it's got that now, huh? Yeah. So cool. uh, the, cool. the big difference between him and like most of the front runners is that uh, like the arrow that he has is mega, mega basic. It's just right. like... You know, a, a like low budget wing from APR, and uh, just like a you know single layer carbon splitter, whatever from APR. Also, I think nothing so it's crazy like, developed though. Yeah, but that car makes all the horsepower, and this is Road America. Do you know what kind? Did Did he say what kind of power it makes now? Uh, six or seven. You got to figure it's yeah it's got to got to be that in that range without too much of a problem. But yeah, and the DCT on it is awesome. What do those and, things weigh? Do you know? Uh, like thirty four hundred, I think something like that. Okay. So not like super light, but basically like Evo weight. Right. Um, and a big difference between this and an Evo is that it has a trans that's good. And yeah, not going to explode. And more yeah. power band and and and. Yeah. Um, uh, it could be a war, man. Do you know if uh, Alex Moss is going to have that uh, the different trends in his or no? I don't think so. But it looked like I, Andy's I could be close wrong. on it. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah, apparently, uh, apparently that one post that Andy made with on his company Facebook is getting a like a decent amount of traction around the internet. It's like I think what did Moss say? Like hundreds of it's had hundreds of shares, but it's got like three hundred thousand views or something like that. Holy crap! Yeah. That's uh, a lot. Oh, so a few days ago, it was at 269,000 views and uh, 1,000 shares. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty well, cool. That's going to that's gonna keep Andy busy for a while. Probably, yeah. Not and like, so Andy's, like Andy's not bored, but... Yeah, I think the last time I talked to him at Pike's Peak, he was saying he was going to start, I think, probably trying to find someone to work with. I think the hard part would just be finding... Finding right someone person. that has an equivalent motor that Andy has, which yeah. is like work constantly. Yeah. Motor meaning a personal motivational yeah. motor, not that, uh, not pistons. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Andy's got a lot of that uh, that horsepower when it comes to working, man. <laughs> Dude He's pretty also, good at it. And you yeah. know what? He he drove real, real good at Pikes Peak, too. Yeah, he did. He was a weekend winner in GLTC. I think he won two of the events. So maybe two or three. three. Yeah. No, he did quite well. But, um, I'm uh, I'm excited to see if Katil can bounce back. He uh, struggled a little bit uh, the last weekend, and I know that he made some comments that like he hadn't really touched the car much at all uh, between yeah. Mid Ohio and Pikes Peak, and it just seemed like it was one of those instances where everything that could go wrong just did. I mean, and his car was like it was good, but you could tell it was like. Well, I think he was there mainly more for vacation than he was to race, but. Um, yeah, it. Uh, uh, I don't think he. I think he underestimated like how difficult, like how difficult that track actually is to nail too. But he. I mean, he obviously drove well, but um, except for when he crashed into the back of Andy. But uh, <laughs> that's that's not good. No, it, it didn't really do any body damage, but it did bend a suspension arm on his car. But uh, um, I think it's. I think it shredded a tire too and broke a rim. But. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, that was a. It's it's kind of a bull ring for wheel to wheel that uh, Pikes Peak Raceway. It's kind of busy. So, so and, I and did the curbs, uh, like bombing the curbs does does hurt your car a little bit. So, so I did go out for a ride with both uh, Moss and Jackie, and yep. um, that uh, dip at the tunnel on the banking is no joke. I mean, it's no, no. it is uh, no joke it, at all in those cars at that speed. It's violent. Yeah, like Jackie it, messaged me afterwards and was like, I don't know if I'm going to go back there. That dip scares me too much. <laughs> um, I think Jackie said that part of his problem was that he he like bent a suspension piece going through the dip, uh, and that was what caused all the mess on the last session. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it uh, He said the car was real bad that last session. So, But... Yeah, I I also saw that he posted a video this week of him getting ice cream at Pike's Peak, which makes me happy. That was pretty rad. They got uh, and they also went up the mountain with that car. Uh, him and Gears and Gasoline buddies and uh, Sullivan. Uh, and yeah, it was. It looked like a fun trip. I was I, I was wishing I had brought my car and was up there with them. So, all right, we're into this for about forty five minutes. I think that's a show. Yeah, and, I think we should uh, go do dad things again. Yeah, we should do dad stuff. Um, we got to get Derek on the horn soon and do a uh, a couple of Patreon shows. Uh, we'll get we'll get a few of those knocked out soon. So yeah, um, thanks for all of those Patreon supporters. Uh, you know, we really appreciate uh, those guys at Apex Pro helping us with data, and um, uh, I guess we'll see y'all at Road America. If you 
listen to this show and you're not planning on coming, I encourage you to change your mind. Yeah, there are guest passes available, and it's because of the size of the facility. Um, the, mainly, the restriction is put on a face mask because there's so much room there. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you want to come and hang out, feel free. So. Cool, man. Talk to you later. Bye, right, buddy. See ya. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pits of Grid Live to say hello. Hello.